people are willing to work, but you have to, for me, you have to lead them or they're not going to work for you anymore. So you actually have to show up and do the work and can't just expect for people to do it because you told them to do it. They, in my experience, people want to learn by example. Hello, everybody. David Donaldson here with Entrepreneurial Impact. Uh, I'm joined today with Nicole Canole from Easton Ivy. And unfortunately, Joe Martin is not with us today. So we're just going to run solo with it. Nicole, welcome to the show. Hi, David. Thank you for having me. Nicole, while it looks like you're sitting in a living room, you're actually up in New York getting ready to join the Inman Conference. So I am. That's yes. pretty cool. I know it's great. It's dark and gloomy. So I actually have my phone light facing towards me so you can see me and I don't look like a grainy mess. So no, yay, no, for, yay for virtual backgrounds. <laughs> what, what drove you to heading up north for Inman? So Place is the uh, large, larger team that I am associated with. And we have um, a lot of our partners who are speaking and I came up here to support. And I also just love to hear what's going on from all different industries and different brokerages. So yeah, would love to hear in, in real life. It's amazing. I talk to a lot of people all the time and, and they do nothing but focus on business, which is important. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's an incredible aspect and, and a lot of things that can be overlooked when we don't stop to listen and hear what other people have to say. So I love that you're kind of saying, hey, you know what? I'm pouring into myself. Well, absolutely. But I'm not just pouring into myself. I'm pouring into my team. So our job is as leaders is to be the most knowledgeable that we can be. And you're not going to be doing that just sitting behind a computer. It's about understanding what else is going on out there. Very true. So take us back a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your background. Where did you get your drive and your entrepreneurial spirit? How did that start for you before you realized that, hey, I want to run a large and successful business organization? I mean, are we In taking it all state? I was going to say, are we taking it all the way back? Because it's well, my first you know, lemonade stand that my dad had built for me whenever I was a kid. <laughs> it all starts somewhere, right? Yeah, for sure. I think that's where I got my entrepreneurial spirit from was honestly, it was my dad because he was an entrepreneur. He had a mobile home moving business. And I remember being, you know, seeing pictures because I was too young, but like pushing back to the curtains because he came home in the transporter and I'm like, daddy, you know? So it was that and I was in the military for eight years. And whenever I was getting out, I went into the civilian sector. Um, into the nah, the government, the, the Department of Veterans Affairs as a financial policy analyst. And while I was doing that, I was I had an interior design business that I was doing part time. And that led me into meeting a lot of different real estate agents because of staging and everything else. And they're like, oh, with your background and your tenacity, you would be really great at getting into real estate. So I just I decided to take the course and it turns out that they were right. So yeah. So how did, how long did you run your own staging company before you got into real estate? I'm still running a staging company. <laughs> so, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I know a lot, a lot of, that's a, a great secondary business to own. For sure. From within yeah, whenever, when we, oh, so I was staging for a different company um, prior to getting licensed. And that was from 20, I want to say like 2013 to 2015. And then then I just started kind of staging my own listings in 2015 to 2017. And 2017 is when we actually opened a full-blown operation of a staging company. Okay. And then you got your real estate license? 2015. 2015. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing how much has changed between now and then. God, yeah. isn't that the truth? <laughs> Yeah, even I, whenever we like, we were just at the Keller Williams event, whenever they were having people raise their hand, um, the Virginia region was having people raise their hand um, of who's been in the business back in 2008, 2009. And 
so many people in that room was, was, it was like a third of them, I suppose. And like getting to hear their stories of what happened during that versus what's happening now is eye-opening. I'm just different. You know, I, I got my license at 07 and I always joke around. I'm like, you would talk about an incredible education. And it was, yeah. having been on the ground in Arizona, that really was one of the more, more hard hit areas wow. uh, around the country. And to still be in the business is kind of surprising to me a little bit because it was hard, mm-hmm. but I learned a ton. I really okay. did. So it, you saw a lot of people come out of that time and become very, very successful. So when I look at where we're at now, and and obviously we're in challenging times, but I don't know if you noticed it, but actually I just got out of a meeting and I was talking to some people this weekend, things all of a sudden have shifted again. Right. Well, we were just talking about that. We're seeing multiple offers and, um, you know, I had a listing that would, it fell out of contract because of a home sale contingency. It went back on. It was under contract with multiple offers within, you know, 24 hours, which was bananas. One point, right? One point. One point. Re-energize mm-hmm. the base. That's and that's part of the conversation that we have right now. It's like, look, I get it. It is going. Look, COVID was challenging for people because it was so busy. It was it was hard to get houses, and we struggled. So you had to right. be very organized and very professional. Right. So we learned through that. I learned in 07. and you're learning again that small things make difference. Mm-hmm. And the challenge between now and then isn't that it's the R word recession or anything else because the factors are different. We still mm-hmm. have pent up buyer demand and they're there. So it's about how we have the conversation with them to say, look, you can buy while it's low and think that things are terrible, or you can wait till it's crazy busy and be in fight with everybody else. Right. And that's interesting, but let's talk about it. So you ran a business and now you're running a business. So what did you learn from staging? Mm-hmm. Right. You, you laugh because I'm sure there were a lot of lessons learned yeah. that applied for you to real estate that either you made the same mistakes or did you learn from those mistakes? I mean, everything is a learning opportunity if you don't learn from your mistakes and what's the point of making them. True. <laughs> um, but what, what did I learn from my staging business that, um, that took into, that I took into real estate? It's really just entrepreneurial spirit in general. Um, you have to really watch the books carefully. You have to really watch your PL because one day you can look up and then all of a sudden you've outspent what you're actually making. And then what's the point? The point of a business is to make money. So on that side of things, uh, it's, it was a huge overlap um, in the financial way. And then whenever it comes to personnel, people are willing to work, but you have to, for me, you have to lead them or they're not going to work for you anymore. So you actually have to show up and do the work and can't just expect for people to do it because you told them to do it. They, in my experience, people want to learn by example. Yeah, I think um, it was uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and he says, you can't expect people to work as hard and care as much about your business as you. Never, do. never. And it's unfair and, to them to have that kind of expectation. Yeah. I've been really blessed with my team on the real estate side of house. They do care um, because I do believe that they are my partners. Every single person who works for me down from, you know, an executive assistant all the way up to top producing agents, we are truly partners because you believe in me as much as I believe in you. So we have to pour into each other and that's just our team culture. But that was, that was born after a lot of mistakes. Um, God, I'll never forget my, my first assistant. The way that we ended up parting ways was horrible. And it's something that I look back on and I regret personally, because I'm like, I can't believe it that I reacted that way. Um, over just something that 
I saw on social media and I was like, what is this? <laughs> and that ended up as like, as of, of us actually um, getting rid of our relationship that day. And it was just like, that was, I could have handled that so much differently. And it could have been a coaching moment instead of me just reacting emotionally. I, I think it's very easy to say we could have done things differently. And we've all been in the moments and reacted away and go, oh man. Yeah. But I think that's what's real about being a business owner. Mm-hmm. If you haven't had something go wrong, then you're just not trying hard enough or haven't been in long enough, right? Because <laughs> uh, it certainly does. And we're going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. right? But you recognized it, whatever it was, right? It happened. Yeah. But you recognize it, you remember it. And chances are you'll do it differently the next time because there's going and to be I a have, next time, And right? I have. 100. There will never be a next time like that because, yeah, it's, yep, I had a business partner and our, our, experience was good until it wasn't, you know, it's just like, I've learned a lot. And that, that breakup was, I I laugh, I laugh because I'm like, that was harder than my divorce. (laughs) You know, um, breaking up with a business partner is um, a lot more emotionally draining than going through a separation with a spouse. Yeah. I can respect that. Yeah. So that was, that was the first entity, a first, that was the first, yeah, that was the first partnership. But it didn't stop you to having other partnerships. No, right? it didn't. But it did. It was funny because I was actually talking to Ben, my business partner at Place. Um, our first conversation was about partnership. And I was like, you know, I've been in partnerships before. And I just, I don't think I can ever do it again because it was so um, emotionally draining towards the end. And we had a very long conversation that ultimately led me into the most wonderful experience of my life, truly, which is my newfound partnership. Well, we've been with them a little over a year now, but with Ben and Chris and my other partners around the country, they're literally remarkable people that give me so much life and so much joy um, and challenge me whenever I need to be challenged. And that is the the difference of being in such a healthy and beautiful partnership versus two people who don't really know what they're doing. And they're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. So that's interesting when you think about relationships and how they can change this, because when we're open to it, we never know where things could come from, yeah. right? You had an experience that was unpleasant and you mm-hmm. had said probably to yourself, never again, will I go into <laughs> yeah, I business did. with somebody, but then what changes? So what was the conversation that allowed you to go, you know what? I did it. I tried it. It didn't work. I'm mm-hmm. learning for it, but now I'm open to hearing other opportunities to get in relationship again. Because the, the conversation was just much more different this time, which was, um, they are more experienced in business because really what place is, is a business development platform. And so like understanding that they're here to help me grow in the same way of like me help having to help them grow um, financially and through our people and growth of agents and things like that. So it's just like, we brought two very different skill sets. And I think the biggest difference is that the ego is very much removed in this situation versus my past partner. And I, we were both very ego driven. We were, he was a top producing team in the office. I was a top producing solo agent in the office. And so as new rock star real estate agents, you have a lot of ego. And I had to let all of that go and truly like be very vulnerable with myself and my emotions and understand that there's no difference between me and down to, you know, the person who comes and cleans our office. Like we are literally all people and remove all of that. So just being very vulnerable um, with one another uh, and saying exactly what our core values is. And just as I grow as a human being. um, Yeah. I hope that answered the question. That's what, that's the difference. It's like, we're in, I'm a very different place now that, you know, it's five years later and I know who I am through therapy and um, business coaches and everything else. I don't need the ego anymore. 
there's a lot of humility and it's not always easily attained. No. And it's not necessarily ingrained in us. And it only comes through experience. Yeah. Right. And it sounds like you've kind of gotten to that point. I, I used to joke around with people because I was not a humble person. I was not humility. And at mm-hmm. one point in time, somebody actually made me memorize the definition of being humble. <laughs> oh. That's amazing. Not proud or hardy, not arrogant or assertive. You can look yeah. that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something that I learned over 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to say, I think it was somebody when I was in, was in the in the service, but it's those things that when you digest those and you think about it, like, well, wow, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. if I become a different person or just, you don't even have to come to depression, but you just grow. Yeah, it's right. definitely growth. I mean, whenever I, I, I'm constantly looking at my core values and checking in with myself and like, who am I? What am I about? Am I going towards the aim of the direction of the person that I want to be? And one of those is growth, but it's like, it's growing in the right ways. And for me, I had to really go internal, especially last year, because there was a lot of parts of me that I didn't really know, but in order to be the strongest leader and the strongest agent for my clients and my, um, my staff and God, everybody that I come in contact in this world, it's like, I need to be the best version of me, which takes growth. And that's not necessarily just identifying. It doesn't necessarily make it so either. No. Right. You touched on getting help and being able to talk to people. I think there's a, a vulnerability aspect that is tied to the humility to go in there. We really just have to strip us down to our core and look at these things from a lot of different angles and figure out, okay, how's the best way to go about being me so that I can be successful, let alone that what my success or my business growth and how that impacts others. Right. You got to start sure. with yourself. For sure. Everything starts with yourself. It, it does, but that internal impact, you don't necessarily know at first what that what that will be. Mm-hmm. So if, if we look at, so you're somebody that's very, you have a very large social following, mm-hmm. right? And the that impact from growth, that can scare a lot of people, but you're very involved. Is that, where did that come from? I mean, did you just say, hey, I see this medium and I'm going to run with it? Or did, was there more, something more deliberate to it than that? No, there was nothing deliberate to it about it at all. Honestly, it was just a way for me to connect. I'm not from this area. I'm from South Carolina. So I had to, whenever I first sat down and whenever we're looking at the business aspect of this, um, I had to sit down. I'm like, how am I going to be able to do this? And I literally pulled down my Facebook profile and I I put everybody into a uh, spreadsheet and I categorized them as to who they were. So, okay, there was, I guess it was a little bit more methodical than just like, <laughs> I was like, now that I'm saying that. Yes, and, and in case you, you're listening alone, home, she's saying, yes. well, you could actually have Facebook lists, which most mm. people don't utilize. Right. So you can put the Facebook list. And so, and, and I literally categorized everybody. So I knew exactly who I was marketing to. Um, but how I got, you know, friends and followings or whatever, that's just authenticity. That's just, I've never tried to be anybody else than who I am in that moment. And I show people that. And so that just happens to garner some interaction. When people are looking at social, and and I think you you touch on it, and being real and transparent and humble matters, right? And, And I believe that for a lot of people that when you're utilizing it and you're looking at it from a social aspect, it's actually hard at first, but you realize very quickly that your digital voice, right, can help you develop and become somebody you never even realized you could become. Mm-hmm. The yeah. impact of social, right, to me is 
almost hard to, to quantify. Right. And you don't, and I think it's a misconception that you have to have a million followers in order to do a big business off of social. Like I'm very, whenever it comes to my Facebook, I'm very strategic as to who my friends are. And either I actually, like I've had to actually meet you before, whether it be at a conference or in person, or I don't just friend people one, because you know, all the craziness with people getting hacked and all that, but um, just because it's a much more intimate experience and you have a lot more interaction whenever you actually know the people on your profile. And I like the way that you're talking about, it. and I'm still waiting for my acceptance, by the way, but now that we <laughs> did you, did you run on? <laughs> Sorry, man. I'll look right after this. This is literally the first time we've ever met. So. It is. So, I'm just, you know, yeah. it's okay. So now see you, I'm true my word. I will friend you. <laughs> there we go. But I, I, I look at that. I, I look back on, on, on social media and I obviously a product of the 70s and the 80s and that the, the communities that I grew up in, in the Philadelphia. But social media allows us to revisit that again. But you can get up close and personal through social. You, you learn sure a lot. But you know what's funny about this? And this is not business related. It's looking all at right. all of these. This is all these people who are going back into old relationships from high school because they're Ooh. friends. And I'm like, don't revisit this. You dated them in high school. Don't do this. I promise you this is not going to work out well. <laughs> Well, revisiting them or connecting with them. No, no, no. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, because it's amazing how quite, but I think that it is in that capacity, it can be challenging, but there has certainly been many people that I picked up with that I have not talked to in 20, 30 years, but yet the medium of social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, or if you're into TikToking now or, or Snapchats as, as my son, who I'm always yelling at because he's always, I got to take a picture of where I'm at. I got to snap. Whatever mm-hmm. that is, that's who we are. The world has changed. But I love that it allows us that connection again. I agree. I absolutely agree. And some of my favorite people, I actually are high school friends that I, you know, get to see now. Yeah. I mean, and they're there and it's an easier aspect. At the same time, there's a there's a mindset to it. So what does that look like? If you're connecting with so now I know you touched on you said you'd be real, but but how do you be real through texting and typing essentially through a keyboard. Like, how do you express that? Um, I guess just not trying to be too scripted. That's something that always bothers me. Like I, I'm in my personality. I'm a jokester. I am sarcastic. I try to help my personality come through in words as much as I can. It means I'm not always going to show up made up. I'm like, if I'm going to go on there and start talking smack at some point, like that's, it's never, it's never, I'm just not a negative person. So I don't really go negative on anything, but it's just, you know, like, razzing people and and all that like i don't know i'm just me i don't know how to explain just being me (laughs) yeah well i'm just saying for me like i look at like i think emojis help me get away with a lot of stuff like if i i have to read things i'm like well i better throw an emoji in there or i better (laughs) better throw in two right that's just the world that we live in i mean like even emails these days you have to be super careful as to you know what you're putting out there just because it could go poorly I learned actually that was another lesson that I learned in business at the beginning of last year. Um, I had wrote an email because, okay, if you look at the disc profile, I'm a 99D and a 99I. Like you can't get more happy and more, or like more personable and more direct. So sometimes that really can bother people whenever they're reading into words with their emotions. And so I wrote an email that was very, what I thought, non emotional. Here it is, but it turned out to really hurt the person's feelings. And it, it took a lot for us to be able to get back our relationship just based on this one, what I thought was a very non-emotional professional email. So emojis help. It means you're not mean. (laughs) 
you're right. And I, I tell people all the time, I says, like, look, social media is great. Email, written word is great and challenging and dangerous, right? So that's why I also say, please, 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 while this is a great, easy way to communicate with people, continue to pick up the phone because that solves a lot of things too, right? The written word, God bless the, the English language is great. <laughs> However, interpreted wise. Yeah. You know, that's probably, I because I'm always looking at how this could possibly be interpreted before I ever push post because I've had this experience and last year was a really big emotional intelligence journey for me is trying to look at what could I, could this be misconstrued into something negative? So I look at that and I check, I check myself before I ever post anything with still being able to speak in my own voice. Totally get that. And there has certainly been many an email I have scripted that I had to make sure I took the person's name out so I don't actually send the email because it's something very cathartic to me <laughs> and actually being able to type out what I want to say before sending what I actually send. That's so funny. I was talking about one of my partners the other day and I was like, bro, do you know how many times I write you messages? And I just, I like, I just, and it, you know, they're not always the nicest, but it's, they just stick over. He's like, I know I do it too. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I think if but, you're in business long enough, you get frustrated long enough. There are things you want to say that you can't say, and there's it, that, yeah. I'll say it again, very cathartic in typing out. But for those of you listening, you know, be very careful and make sure you don't when you hit reply that you actually remove. Yeah, remove the, the reply for sure. And there's there's something to be noted about some things are just better whenever you pick up the phone and have a conversation. Some things don't need to go back. Like if you get something that could potentially be emotionally charged, pick up the phone and call somebody. They're not going to eat you. Yeah, they might, I, but I, I agree. Unfortunately, that the phone conversations is a lost cause because a lot of people just won't even answer regardless. But I think if with the infrequency of phone calls that when you do call, they'll probably realize that, hey, it's just important. Let me get back or follow it sure. up with a text. Like, hey, we need to talk. Mm -hmm. um, when I look at a lot, there's still an amazing amount of people is well, I could say it's amazing too. It's amazing how many people are on social media, but it's still amazing how many people are not, mm -hmm. especially business owners. Yeah. Right. What would you say to those that have yet to embrace the technological aspect that is social media from a database mindset? Because they're just like, oh, it's just noise. I, I don't want to be there. Well, then hire somebody to be there because unfortunately that's where everybody's hanging out. So for me, like, I, yes, my personal page, I do, I post and I do all this stuff, but it's not a lot of business related stuff. It's mostly personal, but my director of marketing, she handles all that stuff for us. She is making sure that we're posting on a consistent basis. Like we understand the importance of it. So you're doing yourself a disservice. One, it's the cheapest possible platform to be able to get your information out there and the people that you know, like, and trust are all out there. So you should be friends with them. It's the cheapest advertising you're ever going to be able to do. Um, to do it <laughs> and every, you know, you could turn on the TV and everybody's telling you that it's like, it's just, I understand. Like I was in a taxi on the way from the Amtrak over to the hotel today. And I was talking to the guy um, in the car and he's like, I was like, well, why didn't, why don't you do Instagram or why don't you do Facebook? And he says, well, it's because I'm a very private person. Well, be private then. But you know what, man, like you literally are an independent contractor at this point. Cause he doesn't just drive a, just right. drive a cab. So yeah, he has a dog collar business which I love a dog collar business. Yeah. He does custom dog collars. I love I mean, it. All right. Well, Hey, can we just send us a bird? we'll put that link down below. You can share it with everybody. He doesn't have a link. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. It's all word of mouth. See, now so, you have to text him. Like I had the ultimate marketing opportunity for you <laughs> and it, there was nowhere I could send all these people. Right. Where am I? What are we possibly you could do, man? Our, our tens and tens of listeners wouldn't know where to go <laughs> for their, for their dog collars.
<laughs> no, I I see a lot of people, and we're, we're obviously we're focusing on social today, and, and that's kind of the theme. That is that that limiting belief of that I can't do it, or, or I'm or I'm personal, or I don't know what to say. I think a lot of times if you just say, hey, what you said, just do it. Yeah. Start as a voyeur. See how people are engaging. See how people are talking. Start with your advocates and your uh, friends. Well, I think that's part of the problem with limiting belief is because okay. compar- because p- comparison is a thief of all joy. So if you get out there and you start looking at each other and then like, it's like, oh, I'm never going to be as good as coalition properties or I'm never going to be as good as, you know, the Ryan Serhant team or whatever. It's like whoever it is you're looking at, then you're never going to do anything because you're just going to sit there and be scared. But this goes back to like the authenticity is like, just go out there and say, Hey, I'm a realtor. Don't be a secret agent or, Hey, Uh, I, you know, or I sell dog collars or I do, you know, I do staging, I do whatever, just go out there and make sure people know it, but try to do it in your own voice. So it doesn't sound so salesy because people don't want to be advertised to that's, I think that's the biggest tip is like, people don't want to be advertised to on social media because we go to scroll and to get the dopamine hits. So you have to do something that's going to give dopamine hits in order for somebody to keep coming back to your content and for your viewability to be good. I, I think you're right. And I think there's that that salesy aspect is a paralyzing fear for, for many people. But if you go back to where you started, which was just be yourself. Yeah. Right. Even if you're engaging and I agree with you, engage with a smaller audience versus the massive audience. Even if, so this is where I forget about this sometimes. Like whenever I was doing the categorization of stuff, I wasn't, it wasn't just about me advertising me. It was me going through and saying, okay, these person, this person just had a baby. This person just got two new dogs. This person just had a life change. And then I could call them and have a conversation. So even if you don't want to go out there, you social media is the biggest tool just to see what people are doing in their life. And if you look at the five key reasons why people move downsizing and, you know, what is it? It's like the five they just talked about this and we were having at our team meeting, we were laughing. Do you remember what it is? It's uh, like five, downsizing. Five the D's. five D's. Yeah. The five D's of why people move. Uh, downsizing, divorce, divorce, death. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So they fill in the last two, but yes, we were just talking about this too. Right. Last okay. Week. So, so if you're on social media and you're, you remember these key triggers to get you um, why people move, then call them to see if this is happening and you can get them ahead of time. It's like one of my first, very first broker ever, he would always go and ride around um, garage sales on the weekend because typically whatever people do garage sales, they're trying to declutter and perhaps they haven't actually hired a real estate agent yet. Yeah. That's brilliant, actually. Yeah. You know, I, I, we were talking and I was saying, you know, you you start talking about working in your database and I say, when I talk about Facebook lists and it could be tags in your database, but the ability, I think, the shortfall for a lot of people is that you can actually get very deliberate with an audience in social media. You can blast it to everybody. Mm-hmm. Or if you organize that data bank, that database yeah. of social media into lists, yeah. then what you're saying can get seen and heard by more people and it's more relevant. For sure. So putting in the work, which is what I heard you say at the beginning, is that you put in the work to get organized. Definitely. You didn't you, I mean, just get on social to get busy. You got organized and you leverage that tool. Yeah. I mean, people forget that social media is 100% a database. So I don't know if they don't forget or if they, or they don't allow themselves to recognize it. Maybe. Yeah. Right. So, well, awesome. So we're wrapping up here. It's a quickly 30 minutes, right. And you've got to get ready for your conference, but 
if you were to think back, okay, and how you started and now you have East and Ivy, what would you share with anybody to say, hey, if I knew this then, this is what it would be? If I knew this then, the importance, <laughs> this is going to sound like a broken record, the importance of a database. So it's, it took me a long time to be able to get my brevity to a point to systematically be touching people. And by brevity, she meant command. Go ahead. Well, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so we, all, we also <laughs> use command. Right. But my CRM system, I would have taken my CRM system a a lot more seriously in the beginning because what it was, was me and my phone or me and my spreadsheets or me and my list. And like, and that's great if you have something, but like command has the AI to be able to touch your database systematically. And so it was a lot of me being on the phones and being in person, but um, you know, your social can touch this, your bots can send out text messages on your behalf. Your emails can get automatically sent for you. Like, you know, just an example would be, we have a plan that goes out to all of our past clients and it really is in our voices. And it's asking people about like, what kind of plans do they have for the year? Not just in real estate, but just like in general. And that garners a lot of response back. So take that seriously. Uh, Cause you can do a lot more business um, just from really tapping into your database and your CRM. Uh, yes. I mean, harvesting that information and being intentional with it. And the great thing is that AR, the automation behind it, but you still have the ability to customize that message and what that looks like. I think that's a disconnect for a lot of people that yes, these are the tools of the trade today, mm-hmm. right? However, you have a lot of saying what that looks like. Oh, for sure. I mean, everything that we do is custom written. It's like, well, well, we'll do like the 10 days of pain or whatever, these different scripts that they have in there. But if it's not in our voice, we're not going to send it. Right. Yeah, you, you alluded to scripts earlier. And I always talk mm-hmm. about scripts are necessary to you to understand what to say and how to say it. And then you truly become masterful in it when it is become completely integral to who you yeah. are. And it's no longer scripted because it's just everyday yeah. conversation now. And that was, it's actually funny that you say that. So we script practice four days a week on our, so we have power-ups in the morning and then we go into lead generation directly after that um, for two hours. And so before that, during our power-up, we do script practice and that script practice will have one agent read whatever the script is verbatim. And then immediately I'm like, all right, now take this. And how can we spin this as like, who wants to go next and saying this in your own words? Because what we're not going to do is go out there and read this thing verbatim because you're not going to be able to engage your audience. So it's important to ingrain it but even more important to have it in your own words. All right. So if I'm a, if I'm a new agent, mm-hmm. okay, and I'm just getting started and I don't have the ability to have somebody run my social media account for me. Oh, you always do join a team. <laughs> That's the reason why teams exist is to be able. There is leverage right. in that. However, yes. there's still a lot of individual agents out there. Fair. What does that cadence look like from interaction <laughs> on social media? Um, you know, what is it? The, I was talking to Delari about this the other day. It's like the five, 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 like five posts, five birthday cards, five phone calls or something like that every single day or five contacts added to your database. I don't remember what it is, but I don't know. For me, it was just like, it's every day I'm posting something to my stories. Um, and just, you have to remain relevant. Um, so I would say you can't just post every once in a while. It's, you have to be consistent, whether it be posting one time or posting 20 times on a story. I think my sweet spot is five or less. Um, right. And I know for Jennifer, she's one of our um, our agents on our team. She's one of our top producers. She's um, also an IFBB pro competitor, which is she's a bikini competitor, professional bodybuilder. Um, and so everybody knows that she is a 
competitor, but at the same time, they also know that she's a realtor because it's like, she'll do something about her workouts. And then in the next one, she'll do a post about her sitting at her computer and lead generating or talking to a client or like helpful tips. So it's like, you can integrate both. Just make sure that you're always, you're being true to yourself every day. And I think where we started to where we wrapped up is an awesome wrap up of just be true to yourself, Mm -hmm. comfortable with who you are and do the work, do the work. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining Nicole on our episode today of Entrepreneurial Impact. And make sure you tune in for us on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Have a great day, everybody. Bye, y'all.